do you think because it's a bonus one we've done it before and i didn't think about it till now but we could release it as a video in a link in the show notes like on youtube yeah 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 Hello and welcome to The Truth Shall Make You Fret, a podcast in which we have been reading and recapping the books by the Discworld series by Terry Pratchett for 100 episodes. The books by the Discworld series by Terry Pratchett by 100 episodes. Yes. It's our centenary. It's it's our official centenary. We've existed for 100 years, so it feels like (laughs) it. Probably feels like it to the listeners too, but somehow you're all here with us still. Mm -hmm. All right. um, Ridiculous people. Hi. I'm trying to just casual atmosphere. I'm just going to make my candy kittens. <laughs> We've done the episode for today, you see. Yes, we are recording this immediately after recording part two of Amazing Morris, so we suggest think- listening to that first for um, continuity yeah. purposes. I think this was the better way around to do it because I do feel more chilled after an episode. <laughs> also, that meant I would have had a full drink before we started recording Amazing Morris, and we, we know our, our rules. Yeah, it wasn't exactly a party-themed episode either, was it? (laughs) I've got a glass of champagne. Let's talk about death. (laughs) Actually, that's how most of my parties go. I don't throw a lot of parties. Well, as previously ascertained, I'm immortal, so we don't need to talk about it. What are we going to talk about instead, Joanna? We have got some lovely listener questions that we are going to answer for our 100th episode, I'm going to keep saying that. <laughs> yes, 100. We we did 100 proper episodes of the podcast outside of all the bonus. This isn't the 100th episode. Part 2 of Amazing Morris was the 100th episode. This is the celebrating. The, this is the 100th yeah. birthday party. It's one of the appendices. This is the 100th appendice. Uh-huh. Um, we'll have to do a separate special bonus appendice. for our 100th <laughs> bonus episode. And it wouldn't be a landmark episode without fucking around with suffixes. <laughs> Um, apologies, uh, listeners. I know we talked about doing a live stream for this, but uh, it just life got in the way. November was a month, and um, yeah, no, we're doing this no. instead, where yes. we're under a lot less press- pressure. And Francine can help me being a complete twat. She won't, I could. but she could. <laughs> it's nice to have the safety. Really depends what kind of mood I'm in tomorrow, doesn't it? <laughs> That's all right. Before we started recording, we've already discussed my nipples. Anyway. You do it to yourself, dude. (laughs) Oh, no, we're keeping that in. Spoilers, it's not the last time nipples will be mentioned in this episode. So, getting right on. That's half my answers. Uh, So, first we have... Steve on Patreon asks, uh, If you were told you were being shipped off to the Discworld tomorrow, for a year, let's say, you're not being irrevocably wrenched from your loved ones, but you could choose your destination, where would you go and what would you do for a living? Okay. I'll go first on this one, then we'll switch going first, shall we? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I would say it's got to be Angwell Fork because it's got to be Angwell Fork. Mm-hmm. Where else am I going to meet all of my my favourites? Um, and you know you can day trip out to the round tops and freak out the witches from there. Um, yeah. And I guess I'd try and get a job at a newspaper because it does seem to be a job that women are allowed to do in Angwell Fork, obviously. Yeah. And um, it's reasonably safe and I'm already half qualified. But that is a very boring answer. I realise that. So I've got a backup, which is I want to be a soundscaper for an Uberwaldian aristocratic family. Perfect. I love that. How about you? Uh, I also went with two answers. I think I've mentioned on the podcast before that the most likely answer is if I ended up on the Discworld, that I would also be an Ankh Pork. And as I'm already quite a talented dressmaker, I'd probably end up working for the Guild of Seamstresses mm-hmm. um, because of my dressmaking skills. Yep. However, I'd like an alternative, and as I'm only there for a year, I quite like the idea of setting up a doing a little writing retreat, setting up a little cottage somewhere mm. in Lanka, mm. and uh, letting the landscape and surrounding nonsense inspire me. Get people like Lady Sybil and her friends in, kind of thing. 
Yeah, like I'd hold retreats for other people yeah. and uh, see if the Lady Sybil and the Emmas want to swing by. Yeah, lovely. All right. That's a very quiet, chilled out thing to do on Discworld. Well, if, if I'm there for a year, I might as well make a nice holiday out of it rather than working. I'm not sure we ever decided, by the way, is it on Discworld or in Discworld, if we're saying like this? Because this is a thing when you're talking about living on or in an island. So you I'm know you're not from that. Jersey and I can never remember which way around it was because I haven't lived there for so long. But I'm pretty sure it's if you say I live on Jersey, then you're not a native. <laughs> I lived in Jersey. I feel like yeah. it's on Discworld, but in Ankh-Morpork. Okay. Next question. Duck on Patreon. Question for the 100th. I'm interested in the hot topic of is pizza a sandwich? The short answer, no, but a calzone is. Uh-huh. slash also a pasty. The longer answer is just that I fucking love this kind of nonsense. It's the same as the uh, fried chicken sandwich versus burger debate that uh-huh. uh, tore apart food for a few days. Yeah, It's just the such grilled a... Grilled cheese lo- versus melt. Grilled cheese versus melt is a hot dog a sandwich. It's such a low stakes thing to, to really care about. And mm-hmm. I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. But could a slice of pizza become a sandwich if you roll up the slice of pizza and eat it in a cylindrical fashion well no, what you do is you take two slices of pizza and you put one on top of the other so the fillings are in the middle and then it's a sandwich i see yeah if you roll okay. it up it's more it's a burrito is it everything everything rolled is a burrito or a spring okay. roll all right yeah. got it got it okay but a burrito is technically a subset of sandwich so technically none okay. of this is anything no of course it isn't no uh, well i'm glad you had an answer me. because my answer was what no look i just wanted to get calzones <laughs> in there in honor of ben wyatt hero to us all forever in our hearts yeah anyway um if you could make a streaming limited series based on the last hero what would be the themes and who would be your dream cast okay so i'm shit at fan casting so i just went with themes um and others than the obvious ones that i'm um we've talked about before and you can talk about better than me um i thought just the the way that we treat we society uh treat the elderly as if they have little to offer now that they've reached a certain age yeah Mm-hmm. That's better than mine. My theme was loincloths. Oh, right. Okay. So I thought you were going to say like heroism, narrative arcs. No. Well, look, if you want to hear my intellectual thoughts on The Last Hero, we did like three hours of podcasting oh, on yeah. it for this. I'm sticking <laughs> with loincloths. Did, yeah. Now I've only got to shoehorn a helicopter into the episode. Okay. Speaking of, I'm going to cast a helicopter. No. No. <laughs> we're using the performing? No, I'll get a better shoehorn in. So who's um, Kohan going to be? Well, okay. So the, A... I do. We have kind of bitched a little bit on the podcast before about how much we don't love fan casting, but that's largely to do with like online spaces hugely being taken up with it, and it is always the same yeah. answer. It's always Miriam Margulies's Nanny Og, which like I get Miriam Margulies would be a great Nanny Og, but mm-hmm. I don't need to hit see like eight hundred people say it. Yeah, and it's always one sets off an avalanche. It's like keep it to a thread. Do you not know how forums work? Nobody does exactly. anymore. No, no one does. P- these people clearly didn't grow up in bad forums in the nineties, <laughs> and it did. They, they did. did. That's no, the thing. They, no, the, no. the worst offenders are definitely Gen X. And I know they know how to use forums. They built all the good ones. <laughs> I feel like there's a weird gap where yeah. like, you were slightly too old to be really on forums when yeah. they were happening. And that makes you like the perfect Facebook demographic. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But um, sorry. So I'm going to break my rule on not fan casting things, but I'm going to cheat for Cohen because David Bradley already played him in Color of Magic. And that was perfect. I wouldn't mm. change that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure either of them are technically old enough, but I think they would be great. Either Gillian Anderson or Olivia Colman as Vina the Ravenhead. Okay. Because I think they've got that. Uh, I, 
have recently watched The Crown and seen the two playing off each other, but I think either of them could play that kind of mix of matrixly and could fuck you up with a sword. I think Olivia Coleman would be, if I'm picking between those, yeah. Yeah. Gillian uh, Anderson is more I want to see Gillian Anderson wearing. Sure. Vina the Ravenhand wears, to be honest. I'm, sure. I'm a simple creature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For the minstrel, mm. uh, because he's got priors, he's done it pretty well already, and he's not so famous that you'd necessarily pick him out of a crowd immediately. He's not too handsome, but he could play handsome. We're going with Joey Beatty, who plays Jaskia in the Witcher series. He is the toss a coin to your Witcher guy. Beatty, you say? Yeah, Joey Beatty, B-A-T-E-Y. Are you Googling now? Yeah, I've never watched The Witcher. Uh, I apologise to all the listeners who have toss a coin to your Witcher stuck in your head, but we've seen him play a minstrel well. I think he can do it again. Okay, yep, good. Uh, I only cast a couple of people. Uh, For the Dean, uh, this just occurred to me because I had this actor on the brain because I weirdly ended up hanging out with his daughter last weekend. Rupert Vansittart, who, that was total name dropping. He was the boar buying whiskey at the bar in Four Weddings of a Funeral. Oh, he yeah. was Yon Royce <laughs> in Game of Thrones. He was uh, one of the Slatheen in Christopher Eccleston era Doctor Who. Character actor. Very good, very funny British character actor. And it only occurred to me today when I was thinking about this question, but he would be so perfect as the Dean. And now I really want to see it. Mm. Like in anything, in any Discworld adaptation ever. If we're doing like dream casting, we can have dead people as well, right? Yeah. So Paul Ritter, I would like as one of the one of the horde. I don't know which. Paul Ritter, um, the dad in Friday Night Dinner. Oh and yeah. Other things. Again. Oh, he would have been not a quite great old enough. Didn't member. get quite old enough. Very unfortunately. Maybe um, he would have been a great horde. Very member. sad about that. But yes, and I would like Bill Bailey as one of the henchmen of the evil. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the great thing about the Horde is you can basically look at any brilliant older actor. So you could throw in a, throw an Ian McKellen in there, and then you've got a kind of piss. Well, I was of his thinking Gandalf. that, but how you need to you need them to be a bit rough and ready. And Christopher Lee and Ian McKellen to me are just too dignified. I think you could rough Ian McKellen up. Uh, I don't think you could rough Christopher Lee up. I don't think I'm... I could rough either of them up. They look very tough. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely could not have taken Christopher Lee in a fight. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, no. I'm not convinced Death did. He might be the Grim Reaper now. Yeah, no, I think he's a <laughs> But I mean, appearance-wise, maybe yeah, sure. not Christopher Lee. Oh, Christopher Lee would make a good evil Harry Dredd. That's true. You'd need to change the character a little bit so that he's... The comedy is in the fact he's so dignified, yeah. but at the same time, laughable. Yeah, But that's fine. I think you can tweak a character yeah. to suit an actor in something sure. like this. Uh, but you could throw Patrick Stewart in there. I had one more, and it's a wildcard one um, that also I think only works if you've watched House of the Dragon. But having seen that, I think Paddy Considine could actually do a really good Leonard of Quirm. Okay. I think he could, having seen him play King Viserys, I think he could do a kind of, like, just looks-wise, no, but I think he could do the kind of wild-eyed wonder that the character needs. Okay, yeah, no. Next question, Joanna. This is from Ben, from Pratt Chat, who is our, which is our, our, um, our... Our 4X <laughs> counterpart. Yes, our 4X counterpart, thank you. I was about to say counterweight continent, that's not right. Right, yes. Ben says... I'd like to know how you think of Pratchett differently now compared to when you started. And I would like to say, actually, before I forget, Ben and Liz also had a very good landmark episode recently. Um, an anniversary one, wasn't it? Was it a, yeah, I think was so. Was it a number one? I, I think it was their 60th. Yeah. 
Um, and we ask them questions and lots of other people ask them questions. It's very good. Go listen to that. But yeah, we'll link in the show notes. How do you think of Pratchett differently now compared to when you started? Uh, there's two different answers. As a person, a lot more intimidating than I think I pictured this. And But a lot of that is to do with Robsburg. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like, mm. I think he might have thought I was an idiot. But um, thinking of him as a writer, I have a huge newfound respect for him for, as a craftsman. Mm-hmm. Like, I've always loved these books. Obviously, that's why we started doing a podcast about them. That was the the thing, you know, yeah, the yeah, use yeah. of these books. It'd we been weird otherwise, yeah. No, we talked about books we loved. We still talk about books we love. But yeah, I don't think I ever appreciated the eye for detail, the mm. ability to construct a joke, because I, I didn't always used to think about that stuff. And it, mm. this podcast has forced me to. And yeah, it's given me an incredible newfound respect for him. Like no one could craft a narrative, could craft, craft a single joke, mm. could sprinkle sherbet lemons without it being heavy handed. Mm. What about okay. you? I think I have more appreciation for it's kind of two things, but the scope of his knowledge that he must have had in the first place to know which rabbit holes to go down, yeah. and how much research he must have put into so many seemingly throwaway jokes and lines that just a really niche audience would have appreciated some of them. Well, lots of people would have appreciated other things, but like maybe wouldn't just see how much fact-checking it took um like i don't think he liked to give too much of a peek behind that curtain even though he referenced it a few times like he talked about blind research once or twice um yeah. and like in the first essay in a slip of the keyboard he mentions like must go upstairs and research tortoises and philosophers um <laughs> but yeah i think he gives this impression of being almost omniscient yeah absolutely and, but, yeah just this is doing this process has just given me and and Neil Gaiman at the same time almost but in a very different way but just how much thought they put into fucking everything and how much fun it must have been researching some of it and how much discipline it must have taken not to just fall down that rabbit hole and instead to find the information you need maybe a little bit extra um, (laughs) for a treat and put it in the book and oh fuck yeah no and similarly as a person I didn't know a lot about him outside of what I'd seen in the documentaries. Mm-hmm. And it's not not just like the the books we've read about him, but the the interviews I've watched with him, the fact that I've reread Slip of the Keyboard so many times while we've been doing this. The comments on Alt Fan Pratchett. Yeah, I just feel like I've got a more rounded idea of what he was. Yeah, absolutely. What he was, who he was, all of that. And we talked about that a very long time ago, how yeah. it, the more we learn about him, the more we admire him, and that's not stopped. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Just that excited mm. willingness to learn, I think, is mm, such a yeah. cool thing about him. The curiosity, just... Yeah. And then what? But why? But yeah, what if we did this? These books are like <laughs> an exercise in that curiosity. It's. Uh, I think he spoke from experience when he talked a few times about like ideas sleeting through yeah. the universe and hitting you in the head and distracting you. <laughs> he was a good man for inspiration particles, <laughs> yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. Um, we got a second question from Ben, which is, what's your favourite weird thing you've learned for the podcast? Uh, yeah, that was my first... I wrote down my first thoughts as well as my actual answers. So I've gone, oh, Jesus, I don't know. But... Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it it could genuinely change week to week. So right now, I'm really excited about the Pied Piper of Hamelin, uh, which yeah. I won't spoil it in case listeners uh, are listening to this one before the main episode. But what? Um, 
But then it might be nuclear semiotics. Uh, it might be the old belief that oxen carcasses spontaneously generated bees. Um, it might be, <laughs> like I genuinely, I'd have to go back and listen through every episode and like rank them in a spread. No, I don't have time for that. So I'm going to say, I'm going to so- say nuclear semiotics just because I had so much fun with that. But it's become a bit of a meme since then. And I, you know, I don't want to be the kind of person that says, I fell down that obscure rabbit hole before it was cool, but I did. I now really want to do like a bracket of weird shit we've learned for the podcast where listeners have to vote for what's eventually like the one true fact. All right. Well, we might do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Like maybe just an obscure reference for Neil Brackett. Yeah. We still haven't done the um, the nerd chart. We need to go around to that too. That's on the list. Um, Um, So how about you? Eyeball nipples. Sure. Yeah. Well, no, okay, no. I, I was doing a similar thing. <laughs> you weren't even I... lying about the nipples. <laughs> Foreshadowing, lads. No, I um, I had a similar thing to you where my brain went, oh, what? The... It's the thing we talked about where like someone asks you your yeah. favourite s- song and you've never heard music before yeah. in your life. Um, but there's so many of them, like you, it's the recency bias that I'm uh, so excited to learn more about the Pied Piper history. Yeah. But also the the podcast has given me the excuse to do all the weird deep diving with the rabbit holes and things. Yeah, so yeah. like genuinely the episode so I did weird on books. <laughs> so many fucking weird books. Uh, the most recent one being the Brewers, Rogues, Villains and Eccentrics, which just, just listeners get it. Yeah, no, really Joanna fun. showed it, showed me it and I immediately ordered myself a copy, which doesn't usually happen that quickly. Which is really annoying. I shouldn't have told you it existed because then I could have got it for you for Christmas. Oh, never mind. I had to find a different weird vintage book for you for Christmas. <laughs> oh, I like how we do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just all sorts of nonsense. Going down the fairy tale rabbit hole and learning about the ATU index for the first time. Mm. And also I kind of share with you the deep and abiding love of nuclear semiotics because just it's really right. cool. Yeah. Because I think my favourite every- thing I've learned from you actually was the fairy tale stuff. Yeah. And I think my favourite thing I've learned from you was the nuclear semiotics. Yeah. Rabbit holes. Rabbit holes. So well, good. not just like rabbit holes in the Patreon thing, but how the podcast is like a push towards learning new mm. stuff because yeah. we're trying to find all the references Pratchett made and go down the rabbit holes he might have gone down. I do worry sometimes that I go away from the spirit of, not the spirit of the podcast because we always knew this was going to happen, but I just go off on one about whatever I've learned hasn't really got a lot to do with what we're talking about but (laughs) yeah but that's where i'm here to shoehorn in a fucking dreadful segue (laughs) yes i think i think we are quite i was about to say we're quite well balanced that's not true at all we balance each other out in that way it's six o'clock on a saturday evening and i'm wearing two tiaras and a feather boa while podcasting yeah i'm balanced it's very important that everybody sees joanna's outfit today yeah i'm gonna no i'm gonna gonna do normal did you see i'm wearing the jumper you got me by the way Yes, I did notice that. Oh. So Charlie on Twitter asks, what is something about this process that has surprised you? Something that is not at all how you expected it would be? This is a weird one. Um, I mean, God, lots. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, not a weird one, as in it was mm. tough to think about mm. because this has genuinely changed me a little bit as a person in a good way and not in like a deep emotional way. <laughs> 
but like I'm a better writer now, a better speaker. I think I'm funnier. Like the challenge of just can I write something? Can I say something that will make Francine snort her coffee every week is uh, always a so fun far, one. Yes. <laughs> and stuff like like I would not be doing the book I'm doing if it wasn't for the podcast because literally the podcast is the reason the the proposal got in front of a publisher. Oh, yeah. But I would never thought I was capable of writing facts and expressing myself in that many words if it wasn't for having the podcast to teach me how to do that mm. i thought about it when we started as like oh podcasting would be easy i listen to loads of podcasts that sounds like a thing i can just do and no <laughs> turns out not i had to learn and grow a lot it was all your idea <laughs> i also genuinely thought like this would be a fun side thing and i wouldn't care so much about it but i really do mm. uh how about you uh, it takes up a lot more time than I thought it would. Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. no was a... That's due to how we've decided to do it. Um, it wouldn't need to, perhaps, if we'd just decided to go straight discussion, whatever. Yeah. But both of us have decided to add more and more time to the research. And that means sometimes we're running a bit late and get a bit stressed, whatever. But also means the whole thing's just a lot more fun and I think more enjoyable for other people as well. Um. I truly didn't ever expect we'd have enough of an audience to launch a Patreon. I think I said that to you right at the start. I said, yeah. like, keep your expectations low, Joe, because like, it, there's a lot of podcasts. There's a lot of media podcasts. There's already a few Pratchett podcasts. I didn't see us ever really breaking a couple hundred listeners that was, per week. But um, Something else that surprised me, actually, and it probably shouldn't have done, but how nice the other Pratchett podcasts have been, like how yeah. supportive. It's not competitive. It's a really lovely, supportive group. Yeah, yeah. There's no rivalry, luckily, because it turns out people who like Pratchett are willing to just listen to infinite amounts of nonsense about it. So, And we appreciate that. Thank you, guys. We do, we do. <laughs> um, I didn't know, despite some previous experience, that there were quite so many things that could go wrong with audio. But yep, as evidenced earlier today when mine broke again. Uh, <laughs> and finally, uh, neither of us expected it to be remote. Uh, no, no. We thought we'd be sitting in the same room. I think it's been a bit of a challenge to learn how to. So, so you were saying about like becoming funnier. Um, it's yeah. been harder to do that on a webcam. Um, yeah. I think we still do cross talk more than we would have done. It's a very different. It's a different vibe. It's maybe not a very different vibe anymore because we're so used to it now. But yeah, well, our whole context for doing this before we started, you know, obviously we've been friends for like god over a decade oh yeah which is scary <laughs> but our whole context for our friendship was having conversations in a room together sitting down mm -hmm. and having coffee kind of part of the reason we talked we would thought we could do the podcast is we sit down have coffee and talk about Pratchett for hours anyway why not record yeah. it <laughs> and yeah the difference in doing it remotely and like setting a new context for how we have conversations with each other has mm -hmm. been a big thing yeah yeah and now because we're videoing it as well for like the patreon feed i think that's added another layer of I don't know. I think we're more casual with it now, perhaps. But I think certainly the first few times we were perhaps a little bit more aware of how we were holding ourselves. And like, oh yeah, like at one point I had good posture and tried to not let you see all the chins. Now they're just flapping in glorious abandon. <laughs> uh, sorry. Next question from Charlie: Have you changed your minds about any books, plots, or characters after rereading in depth for the podcast? Yeah, I would say that doing the moving pictures one I think I talked about this at the end of it but it 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 changed my mind on the whole topic almost so I'm not very interested in movies as as a whole and I think 
as I think I also said before, it was kind of having your enthusiasm on the topic as I was learning about it, as we were reading it, which helped me appreciate kind of the Hollywood magic a bit more. And, yeah. and also uh, not just that, not just those episodes, but the episodes leading up to it where you explained to me like various cinema techniques and like told me how you saw it in a more visual way. And it, yeah, no, it, it was interesting. And yeah, moving pictures, probably still not one of my favourites, but I like it a lot more than I did. Oh, that's cool. How I'm glad. Um, I think Rincewind's a really obvious one. Like I was always a bit mad on the Rincewind books for a start. And I think I said like right back in Colour of Magic, like go on, convince me. Why do I like Rincewind? <laughs> But I love them now, and part of it, again, is is your enthusiasm for the character has made me feel a lot more fondly for him and for the books he's in. We do tend to double down as well if we think there's like... Oh, yeah, absolutely. We think there's a chance the other might disagree. So now I'm perhaps more of a Rincewind stand than I was at the start. Yeah, like he's now a hill you will die yeah. on. Other things like just uh, a thinking about Nanny Og's role in the Witches Trio mm. a lot more. That definitely came out through the podcast. I did not have some overarching theory about Nanny as the tr one true powerful witch before this. Yeah. And that was very much became a hill I would die on. Mm. And um, Small Gods is the other one. Oh. Yeah, I was I was never a big fan of Small Gods before. And I think because I never really tried to dive into what the book was doing I was very mm. much looking at it as a surface story and so I was kind of met on it because it's like it, it's one that lifts out of the Discworld canon yeah like it's fun to have the context for the Omnians but also they're a parody of like Jehovah's Witnesses so you don't really need the context of small gods yeah uh, but talking about it with you and A I know you really love the book and B like proper diving into everything it's doing that made me yeah. deep and I think the episodes on small gods are still some of the best we've ever done yeah yeah it's good and nothing will ever make me like cry laugh quite as much as you on your sofa with your arms flailing shouting wake up geeple <laughs> if i have time i might try and edit some flashbacks into this but <laughs> <laughs> do like some little harp noises and we'll do some cool <laughs> The, the eagle. eagle is the bad, is the god, but also Vorbis. It's right there in the beginning. <laughs> Open your eyes, sheeple. <laughs> goat, goat, goat people. <laughs> people. It doesn't work. People. Open your eyes, people. <laughs> I'll tell you what, one, uh, I've got a second answer, which is I didn't see kind of the repeated but improved themes and character tropes and things that Pratchett did. So I think you've pointed out a lot of those to me where he's doing this story again, but better, or he's doing this character again, but different. And because he had all of these books to play with and when he liked yeah. an idea, he just kept doing it until he perfected it. I've done Discworld rereads before this podcast where I've reread all of the books in order, but I don't think I'd ever notice like, oh, this book is kind of that book again. This book is kind mm. of that book again before then. Mm. And yeah. um, that's like the benefit of doing this kind of weirdly close reading of it all, where mm. you're looking for things to call back to, especially. Joanna, what are you cooking for Christmas? Uh, Christmas is a weird one this year because I am uh, don't have some of the people I normally would. I've I worked out, actually, that the last few years of Christmases have all been like first without or last with Christmases, which was all a bit weird. Mm. Uh, but I'm still cooking. I've got less people than usual and I'm going to cook the same amount of food because I am a Ill sick person that cannot be stopped. Mm -hmm. So there'll be a slow roasted leg of mutton uh, with a red wine sauce and some dough from potatoes and some kind of delicious vegetables that I haven't ordered yet. 
Mm. probably sprouts and pancetta because I am a traditionalist at heart on that one very specific thing. <laughs> I will make some lovely nibbles. There'll be uh, the puff pastry pinwheels that my mum used to make for every event and now I make for every event. They're very good. I've eaten them many times. Yeah. Uh, there'll be some Parmesan shortbread because they go really nicely with champagne oh. and I like having a nibble that goes very nicely with champagne. Do you have a recipe for those? I need to bring something to a work potluck. Yes, and you could make them vegan, uh, vegetarian, really easily. Okay, cool. What else am I cooking? Oh, I'm going to do a Yule. I'm going to do a Black Forest Yule log this oh, year. Okay. I did a black. I did a Black Forest cake for Christmas a few years ago, and it was very impressive. But I like the idea of doing a Yule log because it's a lot easier to fix it if it starts looking really waff. Like you just sure. shove more ganache on it. Yeah. So it'll be a kind of lots of layers of chocolate covered in ganache, so it looks like a tree, and then I'll do some little piped trees. The problem is, is that now if I think black forest, I think grey dwarfs, mm, mm. and someone else who plays Valheim with me will be at the thing, so I might see if I can figure out a way to do like a grey dwarf eye decoration. <laughs> Very nerdy, love it. Yes, as a dumb little in joke, but I also really want to make some honeycomb. I haven't made any for ages, so I'm kind of figuring out how I can throw honeycomb into that. Put it on top, who guess? <laughs> I'm thinking I'm going to make some honeycomb blitzer and then put it through the whipped cream. Mm. Mm. And I think that's going to be really good. I will, I will show pictures. that goes into a forest theme, off. if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, it goes into a Valheim theme. Yeah, I didn't okay, plan yeah. on a Valheim theme dessert, yeah, but, like, but I feel like it's and berries. Happening. Basically, you're making a cake a bear would enjoy. Yeah, no. I'm not sure if bears can a, eat A chocolate. cartoon bear. <laughs> yeah. Smarter than the average. <laughs> of course. Um, we have a question prepared for each other. Francine, do you want to go first? No. <laughs> because you-, you answered it. <laughs> oh, did I? When you were talking about like the, the difference in your writing and reading and things. And so I'm try- trying to think of a way to slightly tweak it. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Should I ask you mine? Yeah. Ask, ask, and then I'll see if I can play off of that. The other. <laughs> okay. So we are at Amazing Morris at the moment. With everything we've done, is there one book where you'd really just love to go back and talk about that book again? Oh. Either because you've noticed new things or because you just really want to keep talking about it. Hmm. Or because you've changed your mind since we've talked about it. I would like to revisit Hog Farmer, maybe. I know that's a year ago. And it's possibly just because I'm feeling festive. But I think a lot of the Christmas, even though we did a rabbit hole afterwards, yeah. a lot of the like Christmas and Yuletide and New Year lore with a roar (laughs) um i would i'm not sure we had time to do justice because the book was so good on its own yeah so a lot of the surrounding a lot of the blind research and the just mythology and all of the all of the good stuff i'd like to revisit yeah that one how about you uh i would really love to go back and talk about guards guards again but like with the full context of we can do spoilers now and where we've got to in the watch arc I'd love to revisit the early watch books and talk about them with everything we know about like where the fifth elephant ends up and if that uh, changes how we feel about it. Well, as we reach the ends of arcs, there's no reason we can't do little bonus addendums. Addenda. 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 But then you have to give away that's the end of an arc, don't you? Hmm. Yeah, we've tried not to do that. I right, feel we'll like... think about that another day. <laughs> Listeners, be prepared for some bonus addendum. No, I've thought of one. Do you think, like, realistically, because I know we're kind of planning on doing this, we can do a live episode, like, on stage and shit? I genuinely, uh, so Craig actually mentioned that uh, in an email he sent us. That this I, is almost um, like an admin question, to be honest. <laughs> I genuinely think we could. I know I'm a lot more confident doing live stuff than you. Mm. 
But I also, and I don't mean this in a dickish way, like we've had episodes where I'm in a shit mood and you've carried me through it. And we've had episodes where like you've had shit concentration and I've carried you through it. <laughs> you've got to push me through it. Yeah. <laughs> Chibi Sometimes, each other along. Yeah. So I think if one of us is more confident live than the other, then that's fine because we know we can carry each other through an episode. Mm. And I genuinely I am good think at prepping it be... for these kind of live things because I've done a lot of panels and that. Exactly. I always get very scared. <laughs> I know, I mean, don't get me wrong, I get horrible stage fright and would be super nervous. But I think if there's an audience that I would be super comfortable doing a live episode in front of, it's the audience we've got for the podcast. That's true. Yeah. Like, as a thing I could do that I think would be good and fun, I think Mm. absolutely. Whether we could figure out all of the admin around it, getting a venue, handling the costs, figuring out how to record it. Uh, and then getting people to come and see it because obviously we have got a lot of really lovely listeners but they are scattered around and we'd have to find somewhere they could all gather they are the spotify rap thing was cool isn't it yeah um have you, sorry, t- have you tweeted any screenshots of that no i didn't sorry because yeah. i was busy tweeting about our last episode that's um, it but- yeah yeah um well i'll i'll pick out a few because I, I think i but like you you've got share story bits so i'll uh i'll pick out a few and we'll have a look at those because it's cool um like norway's in our top five <laughs> countries wow. of people listening on spotify obviously there are lots yeah. of people who listen on other platforms but that's cool i wonder if apple yeah. has something similar for podcasters hmm? uh yeah i'll have to have a look into that um but hi norway if you're listening hi norway hi, hi all oh, sorry we norway. don't talk about norway enough yeah we talk about, talk about germany's on there as well we talk about germany quite a lot um, we do um i don't want to try and learn any norwegian because i've seen the language written down and i'm not sure i can i can do it yeah it's a, a lot of the nordic and Scandinavian languages are difficult. I oh, yes. struggled with Swedish, even a few words. Uh, <laughs> although still but, delighted that slutspurt is the word for sale. Oh, that's we'll delightful. That's all over shop windows, yes. <laughs> the word, that is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You'll see slutspurts all over their shop windows. Um, um, have but, you, yeah. I have another one, sorry. Oh, yeah? I'm thinking of questions now as we go along. Um, have you, do you think, drastically or otherwise, changed your idea of what you want the podcast to be since we started? I always wanted it to be a fun conversation around Terry Pratchett. Mm-hmm. Like, I always wanted to talk about them with you, and I hoped we'd get something of an audience. But again, on the expectations, neither have expected to get the audience that we've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's changed a bit about what I want it to be, because now I know it means something to people. So I want yeah. to make, I care a lot more about it being good than I think I did at the beginning. I'm still not used to getting nice letters. Yeah, no. Sometimes we have get emotional. <laughs> we, I've, I've said it before, but we have genuinely had emails that have like made me cry at least. Yeah. And I don't cry easily. Yeah. And if there's any we've had and haven't replied to, it's not because we haven't read and appreciated them. If we've read them, gone, oh my God, okay, I'll reply to that later when I'm feeling more stable and then didn't because we're who we are. Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We are very much those people. And also it's just really hard. Like I don't know mm. how to thank someone for saying something that nice sometimes because it feels mm. very trite to be like, you know, people have said quite meaningful things to us and I don't know how to say thanks for liking us that much without also saying like, but I don't deserve it. Honestly, I'm horrible. Here's like a yeah. an eight page list of reasons I'm a dickhead. Which you've got better at actually. That's one way you've developed through the podcast as uh you apologize far less in the early episodes it's lots of me telling you off for saying sorry all the time i still apologize a lot but that is the catholic guilt you can't yeah. entirely beat it out of me and you say it kind of sarcastically now so that's fine <laughs> i think sorry. i'm aware of 
I'm aware of it enough to make sure the apologies are sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my tiaras are slipping. Do you know? I'm going into interviewer mode now, but I'm doing one more. There you go. <laughs> and I kind of know the answer to this because I spent lots of time with the outside of this as well. Yeah. Do you think you've changed a lot as a person since we started? I genuinely think I have. I think mm. I'm more empathetic. Uh-uh. And um, I think I'm also uh, more willing to take a different point of view and better at defending my own points of view. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you don't know, usually just give up immediately now. <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, For listeners who obviously haven't known me a decade, the way Francine has, I have got an overwhelming fear of conflict and will very rapidly back out of arguments. Mm. And the podcast has definitely made me a lot better at defending an idea. So yeah, I think it's genuinely this made will be me a very a... convoluted intervention. <laughs> <laughs> you just we've made an inter- God knows how many hours into this, <laughs> and here's the banner. Oh, I didn't make a banner. <laughs> we've done a hundred episodes of a podcast just to make me apologise less and be more confrontational. I need to work out exactly how many hours we've done. I'm going to do our own little stats thing because the Spotify wraps only for the year. Oh, I might, I, uh... I might make our own little horrible stats graphic. All right, we're getting a bit self-indulgent now. Let's move on. I know uh, this is my fault. I kept asking you questions. <laughs> you say self-indulgent, but we're about to go into some bigger topics. But um, So Stephen on Twitter asked us, uh, now you're well past halfway through, are you excited or hesitant about reaching the shepherd's crown and finishing the journey? And I want to address the first half of that question more than the second, because we'll go into the journey a bit more in a mo. Yes. Um, so you. Me. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Your thoughts? Excited more than apprehensive, I think. Or hesitant, sorry. Yes. No. Excited and apprehensive rather than hesitant. So yeah. I'm not hesitant. I don't want to draw it out. Also, it's a bit of apprehension about some of the later books are going to be harder to talk about. But Yeah, I'm similar in that mix of apprehension. I'm really excited to get to the Shepherd's Crown specifically because... It's going to be a very different type of conversation. Sorry. It's going to be yeah. a different type of conversation. I think it's a good book. Mm. I like the story of the book without mm. obviously spoiling anything because we're saving any and all discussion of the final Discworld novel, The Shepherd's Crown, until we get there. So you, dear listener, can come on the journey with us. Three rambling questions for at least 20 <laughs> minutes. I know we always say we're going to be 15, 20 minutes with these bonuses. What are we up to? 55 uh, minutes. Yeah. Well done, us. <laughs> I we did take a break. shocked by that. I didn't have that window open. I thought we'd been going 25. Fuck. All right. <laughs> we did go for a break. So that was like oh, okay. Yeah, minutes. yeah. We got <laughs> still. <laughs> um, but also, one of the uh, ideas I had when starting this podcast is I wanted to keep it spoiler free so people who are new to the Discworld could like maybe listen as they read the books for the first time. Mm. But the reason we kept out the spoilers for The Shepherd's Crown is I know there are a lot of people who have read every Discord novel except The Shepherd's Crown. They can't bring themselves to read their last book. Mm. So if this podcast helps people, and um, we joke about the journey metaphor, but if people can get across what looks like a gaping abyss and turns out to be a really yeah. easy little bridge you could handstand over to get oh. to that last book. Yeah, you drew a metaphor from one of the other books. Yeah, yeah, oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so just in that sense, I'm very excited to get there. Yeah. And so the journey. And so the journey. Well, uh, to do this, I kind of want to go into our next question, which was mm-hmm. an email from Craig. Um, I won't read out the whole email, but Craig said, Sir Terry's work is finite, sadly. Do you intend to do more when you've completed Discworld? And he said, you know, the long air sequence, diaries, calendars, anthologies, another author. Mm-hmm. Craig also asked if we broadcast live. I think we've responded to that now. Oh, do you know what? Maybe that's where that came from in my head. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I read this earlier. 
Uh, do you ever think I wish we'd never started this? No, but I'm pretty sure Francine does when she's editing on a Sunday. I say very occasionally, but I think that about literally any obligation, especially when there's tech problems. Yes. But Craig got into a more serious note that, um, you know, he's been listening to this podcast for a long time. It's been going through some tough times in recent history. Um, we've all put a lot of hours into it, not just you and me, but the listeners. Mm. Um, and Craig said, what will we do? What's the cold turkey plan? Uh, Craig did say we should have a whip round and buy a castle or an albatross somewhere to go and mourn the passing of something significant. Can we go and uh, mourn the passing of something significant at an albatross? Because I'm very into that idea. <laughs> if the we could get albatross. an albatross on a castle. <laughs> but yeah, finishing the journey. That's something Sorry, you and yeah. I have joked about. In fact, it came up when we were on Pratchett the other day. Mm-hmm. It did. And uh, I think we've kind of landed on, I don't think this this podcast will end with the shepherd's crown no is the short answer that's not the plan no no um this part of the podcast this chapter of the story this leg of the journey (laughs) the podcast will never be the same after the shepherd's crown i think we can both agree to that like that's Mm a we won't still be doing a long-running recap of the discworld books yeah there is not another 50 like 40 odd long series of books by our favourite author. That is just not something that exists. Is no. <laughs> there is other Pratchett to talk about. We, you know, we both want to talk about the longer... I, I feel like there'll be a holiday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we'll need a time. Yeah, um, But there will be other Pratchett to talk about. Like, we're not going to be able to cover everything. Um, I don't know if we've said in the podcast before, but we're going to kind of spread things out a bit next year, um, just because otherwise we'd go into the following year with, like, two books left, and I just feel like that's such a weird way to start a year. I don't want to do that. Yeah, no. Same. So instead, we're we're only going to cover the next six Discworld books next year, but we'll be going to covering more other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so and as we're getting closer fun. to the end, there's a lot of the supplementary material we can do without it being spoilery. Yeah, like we've not touched on the science of Discworld at all, and yeah. I would like to talk about those at some point. We've talked about we want to do the Long Earth series, but I feel like it would be better to do those all in one hit because... It's a more continual series than the Discworld. Yes. Yes. And we've also talked about like other authors we'd maybe like to discuss in the future. So I think the the shortest answer is obviously the podcast won't be the same after the Shepherd's Crown. Mm-hmm. The longer answer is you and I will keep podcasting about books as yes. much in as time and jobs allow yes. us to. Yes. Yes. Whether that is continuing under the same name but with different focus or whether we just fuck it all off and start again which is always fun but difficult but <laughs> i feel like we'll probably continue under the same name all right fine <laughs> because i really like the name that was that was the first thing i came up with for the podcast was i was about to ask do you think you came up with that name i feel like i did <laughs> no no because I, I i was like no let's call it the true show make you frat because it's from the book but i said that <laughs> I still felt like I've I always came loved up with that. that as my favourite line. Yeah, I knew you thought that, but I think that as well. That's fine. We There's can literally share it. no way to prove either way. But <laughs> <laughs> right, if we get mm-hmm. the CCTV footage from that mm-hmm. coffee shop on that day, mm-hmm. which I'm sure they have with sound <laughs> focused on our table. Um, but I did want to say, like, I glossed over a lot of the very nice things Craig said about us, and talking about listeners sending email, sending us emails that make us cry. PD also sent us a really beautiful email that I'm not going to read out because I feel like reading out compliments is is more yeah. cringe than I can do. It is. We've already like reached our cringe quota by mentioning the fact we get them, frankly. So, 
yeah, like literally, like, I can't believe you like us. What the fuck? <laughs> no, I'm not judging you for liking us. Um, we, I really love what we've done. You really love what we've done. I, I never expected there to be like a community around the podcast. Mm. Yeah. Like it's genuinely a delight to us and we want to keep something going and keep this uh, community such a wanky word, but like <laughs> this rabble together. This uh, ragtag band of misfits, Joanna. Oh God, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, do you have anything to add? No, I think I said it earlier. I think with the, with the, I'm still not used to it, and it's really cool that you guys all communicate with us, and I do appreciate it very much. We love that not only we have been doing this for so long, but that you've been on the journey with us. You ragtag bunch of misfits on a. I've angry maths obsessed camel running through a desert, crashing into a turtle that's somehow going faster. Mm-hmm. Um, someone just made a small gods joke on the Twitter. Now I can't move the metaphor on something else. Sure, yeah. There we go. Do you have Twitter open? I mean, I have my phone next to me. Uh, in fact, one person just tweeted, currently listening to you guys talk about moving pictures in 2020, but I'll get there eventually. Hey. Uh, so, hi uh, from the past for the <laughs> listeners who are like. 60 odd episodes behind and going to get to this sometime in the next two years hello future listeners <laughs> hello futurelings do you ever think about the fact that one day somebody might listen to us when we're dead not me obviously because i'm gonna live forever but theoretically i have never thought about that before but now it's haunting me so thank you do you ever think about the fact that we have so many hours of content of us just chatting shit it'd be quite easy to make a convincing ai of us as at the pace that technology is moving I feel like if that AI could handle some social engagements for me, I'd be all right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I trained a neural net to respond to our emails. It doesn't. Right. As always, we have got to the end of an episode by going completely off the rails. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, much like a helicopter does not go on rails. Just so we don't have an un- unfinished argument, I'll concede that you came up with the title. I appreciate it, but now I feel like I need to concede that you came up with no, the title. No, no, that doesn't work because it's then still unresolved. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, it's no, fine I, because I did the logo, so it doesn't matter. Did, oh, we no, did you absolutely yeah, did yeah. the logo. <laughs> That's something I wish I could redo, and I'm thinking about redoing because I did actually get much better at digital art since I did that. No, I love our logo. You can't change it. All right, fine. Yeah. No, it's... It, I hate when podcasts change their logos. It's a very specific thing for me. All right, I might change the animation at the start of our videos then. Oh yeah, that you can do. Because that's slightly mistimed and it's bothered me for over a year and I just can't, haven't been bothered, but we'll get there. All right. Thank you for listening to our admin, listeners. <laughs> this has been a random bonus nonsense of The True Show Make You Fret. If you didn't get the vibe from the episode, but we are big fans of yours. And thank you for coming with us for a hundred episodes. You ragtag bunch of misfits yep i'm tweeting as joanna is talking as a reply to your tweet so that it's like double interaction oh god engagement um i'm not going to do a whole until next time because you can hear that on our proper episodes i will once again say thank you for listening mm-hmm. and for the hundredth and a bit time don't let us detain you Sorry, yeah, no, that did go on much longer than I thought it would. No, you're but, good, um, you're good. What a delight. <laughs>